At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Hello and welcome to Off welcome the Rails. To a hilarious. It's a day. Do you want to do, do you want to take it from here, Tim? Do you want to just explain? Um, I'm having a I'm having a day. Uh, Alex and I were in Austin. I went out to go watch him do the panel, which, by the way, you were awesome at. The panel was great. There were way more people than I was expecting to be there you and pato were both entertaining pat was cool Lindsay was great um then austin being austin i'm gonna blame it on the city and not myself i lost my debit card mm-hmm. uh canceled it ordered a new one hasn't come in yet and i overslept and missed my flight this morning mm. did you lose it uh, did you lose it like at the gym or something yeah let's go with that that's yeah, yeah. That sounds like I, uh, the most I was plausible. picking up the tab at the hotel gym. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> really so expensive you, equipment there at the so gym. So you slept in and missed your flight. Yeah. So obviously you had to just just book yourself a new flight. Yeah, yeah. So I also I, I couldn't do that. Uh everything huh? was linked to my debit card which was canceled mm, and then I, I right. have a credit card but I had, you know, recently purchased a lot of uh, plane tickets on it. I was pretty close mm-hmm. to the limit anyway. And through a mix-up, uh, the room that Alex and I were staying in, which again, great room, was put on my card. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. I did not have room on that card to get a uh, get a flight. So luckily, right. my guardian angel, Mr. Rossi, uh, helped me out of a jam and got me out of Austin this morning. I really, I now that I know like the the kind of direness of the situation, I should have just been like, nah. I was, I think you could tell I was pretty close to having a full on meltdown. <laughs> like, yeah, so, so Alex, what's the scene at five o'clock in the morning or 5.50 a.m. when so, you wake up to Tim panicking about the fact that his flight leaves in 20 minutes and he's probably <laughs> not going to make it. He's lost his debit card and maxed out his credit card. How, do, how does that wake up call for you go? Um. I, I was confused because I he comes into like my side of the room or whatever in a yeah frenzy. we had adjoining rooms and it he's was like very nice. he's like Alex I missed my flight and I'm like well unaffected okay. <laughs> also like I guess I'm waking up now <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. sorry I was uh, I was not in the in the right mindset yet 
Still not. Uh, right. And I was like, well, what do you mean? He was like, oh, I slept through like four alarms. And it takes off in 20 minutes. I was like, oh, like, yeah, that's. that's yeah, you did. Yeah, that's, that's you tough. That. And so then I kind of like shrugged it off and kind of rolled over. And then he comes back in like two or three minutes later. I need a credit card. Like, I, I, I can't. I can't book a new flight. I don't. I lost my debit card and my other one's maxed out. I need like, give me a credit card. I was like, okay. Again. I don't think I was that demand. You offered it before I asked, which I thought nope. was very nice. Oh, well, then I don't remember that part. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's like you don't remember how you lost your debit card. Yeah. And and so my flight was in an hour and 15 minutes. So my my car was arriving shortly. Um, or no, sorry. My flight was in an hour. I, my alarm went off at 5 to 6 and my flight was at 7.30. So um, I kind of got my stuff together and was like, bye, Tim. Good luck. Like, yeah. yeah. And, then and was, then so it wasn't that big of a deal for me. Huh? He didn't ride with the air. He didn't ride to the airport with you. No, he went back to bed. He needed. I went sleep. back to sleep. Yeah, because <laughs> my flight was later then. So. What, was, what was funny is that the first day, um, so yesterday morning, I guess, I came into the room to wake Tim up, and he had gone to bed with the television on, like the hotel welcome. Yeah. screen mm. like it wasn't even on anything all, all the, the blinds lights. were open all the lights were on and, and he, he was, was fully just, dressed he was face down nope. fully dressed <laughs> yep i don't think i was fully dressed <laughs> you sure were right <laughs> he likes to just take his pants off for some yeah. reason but leave yeah. his shirt on and just um yeah i guess i was unaffected by the light or sound in so, my state of mind on that first so, night so okay, let me let me gym. ask you. Clearly, right. clearly, clearly, you were unaffected by the sound on the second night too. Yeah, right. the set of alarms. Let, I, let me here, I, I packed because we stayed up way too late. It was it was dumb. So I was like, oh man, this is gonna be a rough wake up. So I fully packed everything. I got dressed for some reason. I put my shoes on and fell asleep with my shoes on because I was just like, I'm just gonna get up and go. I'm just gonna get out of bed and go out the door. <laughs> so uh, it didn't. So okay, it didn't pan out that way. Here's my question. What did you miss today back home in LA by missing your flight? I mean, doing this earlier. I just needed to get home before 4.45. I have to pick up Hazel. Okay. Because I was curious as to why, knowing the, the shenanigans that you two were likely to endeavor into in Austin. Don't you, you, two, opted. you, don't you two mean Alex? This. Alex was very well behaved. He I'm not saying it wasn't, but when, when, it, when it's the two of you or the two of us or the three of us in Most, a city. No, I, I, guess, I guess what I'm saying is, no, Tim doesn't need any of us. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like I, I just figured I had success doing this in Nashville where I, you know, I made it on the plane. Uh, so I thought, you know, I got too big for my britches. Yeah, I, my, my, my point was just like, why pick the super, super was, early flight? Direct, if you had to get it. It was yeah. cheaper. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, and then, so I, I it, it didn't out. end up being cheaper. It did not end or up being direct. cheaper. Or, or direct. direct. <laughs> uh, yeah, I picked up a layover and I had two middle seats. Uh, at least the layover was the wrong way. So I flew farther east before going back west. That was neat. Sounds yeah. like a James Hinchcliffe travel itinerary right there. Yeah, but like okay. planned ahead of time. In, 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 in yeah, LA via Singapore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we all fly One a time. lot. You guys obviously fly significantly more than me. But I thought it was a generally understood rule on an airplane that middle seat gets both of the armrests. We've talked about it's, this. Again, yeah. yeah. 
as a travel Both podcast today they didn't know the people on either side of me did not adhere to said principle and then and then i had the weirdest thing so i'm in like row 27 and the plane lands and the guy sitting in the window seat starts getting up and he's like dude get up go i'm like there's people in the where the where the do you want me to go the aisle is full of people. There's 26 rows ahead of us. Like, I don't know. You want me to stand here and crane my head under the luggage compartment like this? Because I'm not going to do that. <laughs> like, was, Good. Yeah. Put him in his place. It was not, I was not in a great mood. We've had bad luck with that lately. People trying to, like, jump ahead of the rows in our travel experiences. Um, okay, so you were down there for South by Southwest, Alex, and IndyCar and, and Vice and CW had a panel about IndyCar and the 100 Days to Indy. You and Pod over there, as was Pat Diamond, like you mentioned, and hosted by Lindsay Sarzniak. So how was the panel? How was South by Southwest? Like, tell me everything. South by Southwest is cool. I think you'll love it. Um, there's yeah, I, I fly in the morning. I'm going there, there tomorrow. There's a lot of... Um, if you find my debit card, just, let me know. Just very... <laughs> There's a lot of very intelligent people that are kind of there. Um, and so kind of walking through, Tim and I got the opportunity to kind of do like a private showing of some of the XR stuff that they have there because that happened to be in our hotel. Um, so it's kind of the, the next rendition of, of VR um, gaming, viewing devices type thing. Um, we went to a panel that was supposed to be kind of about the design between Earth and space. It ended up being just a bunch of product graphic yeah, designers kind of a, kind of talking moment. about themselves, which was a little mm-hmm. annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to a Paramount Plus kind of pop-up thing that was kind of talking about their new shows. Um, so I, I, everywhere you look, there's kind of something to to keep you interested. Um, that was the first time I've ever been. If I was to go to any sort of festival ever in my life, it would probably be that one um just because of the the diversity that surrounds it so that was cool we got to after dinner last night um the vice group got us into this uh recording studio where there was a private Def leopard showing that we kind of just we, we missed ultimately but they yeah, we, we showed up right up, after they kind of opened <laughs> up the whole recording studio to like the vip guests or whatever so you kind of got to walk through and wander around and mingle That's inside cool. of a recording studio which was awesome um so yeah i mean it was just a a really cool kind of 36 hours there the panel itself obviously the the main reason we were there to talk about the show and and indycar um i think was successful i mean ultimately it was kind of just set up as in a press conference kind of format so it was kind of a long like you know you have an indycar after a session or whatever james so it was just a long table with like four stand mics and yep Lindsay kind of just asked questions and and we talked about it um we got to see a clip of the kind of the preview of the show um which was awesome uh and yeah i mean i think ultimately the the majority of the audience there was was kind of already racing excuse me slash indycar fans um but you know i think a couple there didn't really know anything about it and left interested and entertained so yeah the the trailer looked awesome i don't know did they are post they, it online or no i I, okay. I saw it um but i was wondering if you knew if they were going to be sharing that with the world or I when i don't think so no think so. no the the end bit with mclaughlin was funny yeah <laughs> no, i think awesome. there's it's it's interesting like i don't know how much i'm allowed to say about this but i think it's probably understood um there's kind of going to be two cuts slash versions because what you can get away with in terms of 
language yeah. and stuff on for the trailer you mean cw versus what you can get away with on on, on a streaming platform oh um, for the actual show there's going to be yeah exactly yeah the pg-13 um, version and then the right. the unrated version the director's yeah. cut yeah yeah exactly so i think that's um kind of normal obviously on channels like that on broadcast television you can't be saying certain things whereas right. on the internet you can say whatever you want hence why we're allowed to have a podcast <laughs> so true um met a lot of people who are fans of the show which again every time it happens surprises me dude um, I, I i meant to mention that after st pete the number of people that came up to me in st pete that said that baffling i mean thank you guys so much yeah thank you it's insanely humbling and rewarding to know that people are actually listening to this also a little terrifying mildly mm. terrifying mm-hmm. um yeah and so yeah that that sums it up um got to spend a bit of time with pato away from the racetrack um he's he's a lot of fun and that's what else he no he doesn't does he he live some, in Austin? we had some very good sushi that was not filling yeah. All good sushi is not filling. That's just the rule. Yeah, yeah. It was like it was, it was literally just was like delicious. this is the best thing I've ever eaten. I would like to go get pizza after this. Correct, but at least it was only three hundred and eighty dollars <laughs> a person. Oh, at least I bet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else was I going to say? Uh, so wait, so no, sorry. Is it doesn't Pato lives in us? Pato's in, in San Houston, Antonio. San Antonio. One of those. He's in Texas, but he's not. He's not from. Not he's not living in nope. Austin, right? Okay. Yeah. But I imagine he's also known as a bit of a foodie, right? So I imagine did did he help direct you to restaurants and stuff, or did you not have time for that? <clears throat> I only had the we only had the one meal, um, and that was a Pato choice. So he apparently go. he apparently gives IndyCar a list of restaurants. Yeah, there is a there is a, a roaming list the Pato the Pato list for each racetrack and all of his favorite spots. It's extensive. I have I have seen the list. That's ret- I had no idea. That's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, and some of the ones on there, like you would laugh, like some of them are insanely good, and I would love to go to all of them at some point. But like, there are some ones where you're like, "We're putting that on the list." Never been to a P.F. Chang's before. <laughs> he, he, he still is that a child. Out. We that have checks to, out. Like, Fair and like. Out. To be fair, every year I was teammates with Marco, we went to P.F. Chang's at Barber at some point during the, that race weekend. Um, all right, so good. So I'm glad that was a success. I am looking forward to going uh, myself and checking it out for the first time. Um, and yeah, so we said last week we were going to recap some racing stuff, which seems mildly appropriate. Um First and foremost, I think we touch on the fact that Jordan Taylor got the call up to fill in for Chase Elliott at the cup race in Coda, which I think is pretty awesome because he's bad fast in a sports car. He is part of the Project 56 NASCAR Le Mans thing. Uh, And why the hell not? Like what a cool opportunity for a guy to jump into a cup car and like in like one of the best cars out there and just, you know, go for broke. I think it's awesome. I think it's amazing. I also think it, oh, yeah, I mean, you, you summed it up. Like it's the perfect choice. Like, I think it's, it's such a cool opportunity for him. I don't know that cup is necessarily on his radar. Um, but I think he's going to perform at a very high level. Um, and who knows, it might 
become on his radar, it might open some doors and opportunities for him. But um, yeah, as you said, obviously Hendrick runs the project. What is it? Fifty or garage fifty six? Garage fifty six. Yeah, sorry, I said project fifty six yeah. program. Um, he is has been very involved in the team from that standpoint. He's obviously incredibly integrated with Chevy and Pratt and Miller and GM as as a whole um, through his you know past how many seasons has it been like five? oh my god since Six? he was like 12 well not really well because oh, yeah he was yes. in the prototype side first right. which i don't remember what engines they were running but yes yes well, they, were running, been... they were running they were running cadillacs and a lot of different things but ultimately he became the factory kind of the, the factory guy um for corvette racing and everything i think in 2019 or something so anyways um it's he's such a good dude he's such a good race car driver that whole family i just have nothing but positive things to say about all of them um obviously got to know him through ricky and wayne um in my time with wtr and i just think uh there's no better person for the job obviously it sucks for chase i mean that's such a sad situation um fortunately it you know it's recoverable ultimately i mean yeah you, you know what it's like james but like it's, I do. it's tough it's tough it's tough, but it's temporary. And I think there's a good precedent um, <clears throat> for getting the waiver to still participate in the playoffs, right? Which is what, which is what really matters. Ultimately, ultimately matters. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, if you're going to have it happen in any sort of motorsport series, cup is the correct one. Yeah. The way that exactly the way the championship is built, all he's got to do is come back at some point when a race that he's in the, in the playoffs and can, can go race from there. And the last time this happened was Kyle Bush in 15 broke his leg in Daytona on the Xfinity race. I want to say, and missed however many weeks got the waiver came back one, like his second week back, I think, or something like that goes on to win the championship. So, you know, if I'm chase, I'm looking at the positives here. The last time this happened, the guy won the title. So this could actually work out well for him. Um, not by any stretch. The actually, sorry, just one more one more thing on on Jordan on how awesome this is because like you know road course aces get drafted in to drive in cup cars or Xfinity cars or whatever frequently, right? It's been going on forever, but it's so rare to jump into a, an actual top flight seat like it's a car prepared by so-and-so, but it's run by a different group or it's, you know, part-time pit crews or whatever. He's jumping into a championship winning, you know, the, the nine teams won a title a couple Argu- of years back. Arguably the best, the best team out there. That, that team right now is like absolutely dominating in NASCAR. So he is literally jumping into the best program out there. And that's just so rare. So it's going to be really fascinating to see, you know, what, uh, what he can do. Not the only open wheel star that's going to be participating in that particular race because both Jensen Button and Kimi Raikkonen announced they're going to be doing that race. Well, and at the same and level, Connor Daly. Connor Daly. And Connor Daly. Oh, yeah. Also, a, almost basically an F1 world champion. Yeah. I mean, almost basically. Yeah. I mean, pretty much almost, almost like basically. basically exactly the same. Like, um, yeah. So, yeah. IndyCar's represented, Formula One's represented, IMSA's represented. It's gonna be a banger, man. I'm I'm pretty excited to watch that race. Very rarely do I say that I'm excited to sit down on a Sunday and watch a cup race, but this is this is gonna be one of them. <clears throat> yes. Normally, if that if I say that it's a road course and the fact that it's got some friends and and people I admire in it, I think it's gonna be up on top of the cup people who are friends and who I admire, uh, some new faces in there. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a hell of a show, guys. Great time, great time. Um, on the topic of, you know, 
Jordan Taylor, IMSA driver, going to Cup, great. IMSA had some news. And they sure did. I I I want to approach this with two 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 minds. Okay. Because for those that don't know, MSR Meyer Shank Racing got caught um, cheating in 24 hours of Daytona. They won the race. They won the race by handily, easily. Mm-hmm. Like they were, they were such a good car. Um, and, and, and here's what I'll say. James, you can go into the detail of ultimately what their penalty was and what happened. I think Michael Shank is an awesome dude. I think Jim Meyer is an awesome dude. I don't think these individuals were involved per se. Um, but I do think the fact that, and, and, and so this is no, this is nothing against them, but I think the fact that IMSA is allowing them to keep the win after what was ultimately blatant and intentional cheating for an entire kind of two weeks of this event, all the way through the roar and everything, the fact that they're allowing them to keep the watches and the win and the title and everything, and just docking them essentially points and a fine is, is disgusting is really messed up yeah so the the infraction was the intentional manipulation of tire tire pressure pressure sensor data because there's a minimum number that the teams have to run the tire pressure sensors are broadcast to the series so they can make sure they are always within those limits they were manipulating the data so it wasn't like uh, the car was a half mil too low on right height, something that could have happened over the course of a 24-hour race. It was pounds too light. It right. Yes, exactly right. Because it lost plane. a bumper. Right. Exactly. This was a, a methodical, calculated, intentional breaching of the rules. Um, because of the nature of it. So they were, they were docked, uh, I want to say, 200 points. Which um, is a win. <clears throat> which is not even a win. A win is 350 points. Oh, I didn't know that. So, right. I, I didn't know that. You're right. Yeah. You did know that, but yes, you didn't think about it. And um, I think 50, I think the prize money was 50,000 bucks to win. They lost that. Um, and then the, the engineer, I believe, I, I think that was his position, uh, has been indefinitely suspended, lost his hard card and indefinitely suspended from IMSA. Mike Shank himself, I think, has been put on probation uh, but I'm, I honestly, Alex, I'm a hundred percent with you. I am 100% with you that I don't think it was harsh enough. Um, there should be no points. If anything, they should be in a points deficit, but at the very least they should be to zero. They should be unclassified from the race. The second place car should be awarded the win. The watches should be returned because everybody involved in that. And look, I get, I get, <clears throat> Look, there's a high degree of likeliness that the drivers were unaware of this. There is, you know, it's not to say that they did anything wrong in any way. This is not a shot at them. No, nope. they all did an incredible job to have the car running at the end. They, they, the team fought their own issues with a brand new car that they had to manage throughout the course of a race. All that stuff, but as we, as we say, and as we've always said, and as we have to try to educate people on so often. Racing is a team sport, right? If in hockey, one of the other players gets a penalty and it's a power play and a goal gets scored against you, the team has to take that loss 
from that one player's actions, right? This team should have to take the loss from if it was one per again, I 1000% do not believe that he is the only one involved. He was the only one aware of what was happening. Honestly, I love Mike Shank. I'm kind of like, I'm not going to, I'm going to disagree with you, Alex. I bet he knew what was happening. That's my bet. I don't know. Allegedly, I have no idea. Yeah, I was going to say, let's throw an allegedly in there. Let's, uh, throw an allegedly in there. Let's, let's not get Pat McAfee. Right. Let's just say it sounds far fetched <laughs> to me that a guy as involved as him, who's always on the timing stand and, and knows all this stuff, was unaware, but I don't know. That's just that's just a hunch. Well, and, um, and and something else that like we need to define to people, you know, it I have firsthand experience. So the reason these rules came out was because of 2020, you know. Um, it was actually kind of 2020 was kind of the, the catalyst, but things have happened in previous years, mostly the well, it was Wayne Taylor cars, but mostly the Cadillacs were delaminating tires. Um, kind of when they were cold and it was causing failures to the tire. And the reason for that is because in a DPI car at Daytona with how much slow speed stuff there is on the track and, and how traction sensitive it is, the lower you can get the tire pressures to kind of just barely survive on the banking, but just be low everywhere else is like, I'm not kidding you when I say it's half a second at least in lap time. Like this isn't, this isn't something that's directionally correct that, you know, an engineer just got a little bit lost in the weeds and was trying to like push the limits. This is something that is a quantifiable performance gain. And it's such a performance gain that IMSA knows teams are pushing the limit and will give them basically a stint that's a pass. Like if you mess you it up, it's, it's, it's 24 hours, right? Temperatures are changing, whatever. You get a mulligan, you might have a stint that's bad fast, right? And Philippe was talking to me about it. And he said one of the stints where Louis Delatraz in the 10 car literally just drove from fourth to, to first was when they unintentionally had tire pressures that were too low and the car just came alive and they got a warning from him to be like, hey, you've used your, your gimme, right? Don't your do get it out again. of jail free card. Yeah. Engineer was like, yep, fine. But Here's, here's the thing. You look at, and, and I'm not, again, like you said, you can't take anything away from the drivers. These are good racing drivers. A hundred percent. They were back-to-back -back race winners going into this race. Right. But in this day and age, when you look at the timing and scoring results of a 24-hour race with the level of, of manufacturer talent and driver talent, to see the top 10 lap times be from the same car and same driver is unfathomable. So that just goes to show it's a little suspect. How, how elite and how much more performance that car had on everyone else. And this is ultimately that race on paper and in terms of, of the way this sport works, it, it it's going to change people's lives, right? Because, and I'm not saying that Tom wouldn't be viewed as kind of the uh, an MSR IndyCar guy, like the, the maybe he's going to make the switch. If he had crashed out and and DNF the race on lap one, he still would probably be viewed as kind of the the next guy to go into that team, right? For sure. But the fact that he was so dominant and it was on such a display and it was the debut of the GTP cars, like it's it it directionally is changing the momentum of his career, and it's not based on a true and fair performance assessment. Because you look at the guys in the 10 car, you look at Philippe, you look at Brendan, you look at Louie, you look at whoever else Ricky. they had, Ricky. It's like they were they were close. 
And they yeah. had a massive disadvantage in the fact that they were playing by the rules. And it's just not fair. And, and this, this is my point, right? Like, should the Toms and the Simons and the Elios be able to be like, oh, yeah, we're three-time Rolex 24 winners? I don't think they should. I don't think they won that race because they did not follow the rules. When you don't follow the rules, you get penalized, and there should be a, should be a consequence for that. So that's 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 the point I was getting at with even if it was just the act of one person and no one else on the team had any knowledge of it, right? That's how team sports work. I'm sorry. That's just the nature of it. I don't think they should keep the trophies, the watches. They should not be able to put on their CV that they won the 2023 Rolex 24. And it's not their fault. They did nothing wrong. But the group did. And that's that's how team sports work. So I that one, that one's tough. For me, that one I, I really kind of struggle with. Because if you are Philippe, who you know drove that last in, drove his heart out to try to get that win, and you know that, like, well, hey, I, I did everything I could, I did everything I had the ability to do, I played within the rules, I should we should be the winners. And I well, totally understand and agree with that. And and so, like the 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 lead engineer um at, at, at Wayne Taylor is a guy named Brian. He's probably the best engineer I've ever worked with in terms of his, his ability to not only is he the lead engineer, he's the damper guy. He's the strategist. He's, he's everything like he is what he's capable of multitasking and doing from a leadership standpoint is, is unmatched. I, I haven't seen it before. Um, and at the end of that race, he was ready to legitimately sell his house, quit and go back to Canada because he was like, how on earth, did I get beat this bad by uh, the in sister the, in, car in the, the same the identical car. Yeah. car? I do not understand like how they kicked my ass so so bad. And he was like, "I th- there's nothing like I, I'm at a point in for for weeks." He was like, "I'm at a point where I I legitimately don't know how to go on from this. Like, what else can I do?" Type of thing. So yeah. it's 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 nice in a way that it came out that it was like okay and similar to philippe you know he was talking to me and he was like man it was unbelievable we did the restart and through turn one and he was gone like there was nothing i could even there's nothing i could even do so yeah it's a it's a it's a sad one um for the 10 car guys it's obviously a sad one for the guys of the 60 car because people internally in the sport will always kind of no. And again, like we've said, not their fault. Um, but yeah, it's not fair that they get their place in history forever. It's just, that's, that's not Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Every day, our world gets a little more connected but a little further apart. But then there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica, empathy is our best policy. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The other side of this that arguably for me was the most incredible part of the whole thing. And it just, it just, it, it warms my soul in a lot of ways. Anders respond. The fact that this actually all came about because Honda, who essentially built and developed the car and have two cars running in the race, they figured out what was happening first, I think, but what the way the way I read the way I read the uh, the way I read the article was that it was actually Honda who brought this information to IMSA and said, "Hey, look, this is happening. It's not right. We don't believe in this philosophy in this policy. We want to win fair and square. Just here you go. Do with it what you will. But we know that this is happening." And they essentially turned their own car in, which well, in, the, in the statement that they made afterwards as well. And the was, statement they made afterwards, it just it, it backs up that that philosophy, right? That that uh, that reaction to what they they learned. I didn't I and didn't see the statement. What what did it say? It was essentially just this is not how Honda goes racing. We are staunchly against any actions that are against the rules the integrity of the sport you know again We're very pissed off at msr like we are not thrilled with what with what one of our customer cars has done um just you know just vehemently lambasting what happened it, but again the fact they kind of played a part in it all all being revealed to the governing body man stand up take a bow because that takes some balls the amount of work, I mean, Alex, you know, we talked about it a lot. The amount of effort and time and money and energy and everything that went into developing these GTP cars to getting them ready for Daytona, so many unknowns. Frankly, only one car had like a catastrophic failure. And by that, I just mean like enough that it was genuinely completely out of the race. The rest of them all finished. Nobody thought that was going to happen. We were literally talking about an LMP2 overall victory before that race. The effort that went in from all of these teams and all these manufacturers was monumental. And for them to essentially eliminate one of their own cars because of something that they believed in, I will forever have a ton of respect for. Uh, I thought it was, I thought it was awesome. Agreed. Couldn't agree more. So I have a question. Um, in racing generally, no, I don't know where your debit card is. Just calm down. Just look for it. Okay. I'll look for it. I will look for it <laughs> in the gym. Um, yeah, in the in the gym, at the Fairmont Hotel lobby, <laughs> the uh, bar's club gym. <laughs> sure, 
That'd be uh, a great okay. name for a bar. That would be, that would be Where are you name. at? Oh, I'm at the gym, the honey. Gym. Let's go yeah. to the gym after work. I also think you should name a place none because then everybody will be like, it's second to none. It's like, yeah, mine's the best. Uh, anyway, that's dumb, but I like it. In racing, it's pretty well accepted that you're going to push the line or you're going to push things to the border on what you can get away with and sometimes cross over that line here and there. Is this something that fits into that category or is this a different level of egregious? Oh, different level. level. Okay. So this this is actually writing code to manipulate the data to display something when it was not that. Yeah. It's, it's the, there are certain parts of certain rule books and certain series that can be interpreted different ways. Right. And those are sort of like the quote unquote gray areas. That's where teams try to get cute and try to innovate. And you know, that's what, that's what racing is about. It's like the whole old saying, like, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. That's really not what is what you're, what's meant by that. What's meant by that is you got to push the boundaries. You got to exploit the gray areas, certainly, but this was a very black and white area and it was premeditated intentional. Like it just, it checks all the boxes of, of, you know, the, the kind of thing that governing bodies are looking for to crack down on. So I, I see your point and yeah, sure. Of course, if you're a competitive race team, you have to push some of those gray areas, but this was a pretty open and shut case in that sense. Well, when the tire pressure mandate first came out, like the, the idea was floated. Like w- w- everyone talked about it. It was like, how are they going to do this? Like teams are going to manipulate the data. Ooh, can we manipulate the data? What sort of like air can we run? Like what, how can you change the valve stems? Like there used to be, cup used to have this where there was actual like small like drilled holes in the rim that would like bleed air pressure once it got to a certain like load capacity right and so like it was all talked about and it's just crazy to me that actually someone went ahead with it because it was kind of all like sitting around the engineering table like man this is ridiculous like people are going to do x y and z and you never actually believe they're going to do it because most of the time teams play by the rules by and large, yeah. right? The other thing that sucks is just like it was the first race of this new era of IMSA and it was a great race and everybody exceeded expectations and performance and now it's kind of got this this black eye because of that. So that's the other part. If this was like race eight in the championship three years into this car, it's maybe less of a thing. At Lime Rock, yeah. yeah. But it's the Hallmark race, the first race of the new generation, all this attention on it and, and this sort of thing happened. So, you know, it's tough. I, but I mean, uh, Elio's still a three-time Indy 500 winner. <laughs> so, three-time Indy 500 winner, two-time Rolex 24 champ. You heard it here first. But he's also one dancing with the star. He's got he's got one mirror ball. He's uh, three, two, one. Collecting <laughs> asterisks left and right. <laughs> yeah. Um, we should we should talk about F1 before we end. Um, it's pretty f- boring. I'm sorry. Like no, yeah. Last last week was not super thrilling. Unless you're a Fernando Alonso fan, he he kind of made the show exciting. Uh, pulled off some pretty cool passes for. I yeah. mean, for anything, especially for F1. Yeah. Uh, where most passes now were just DRS, you know, drive-bys. Um, so definitely good on him for that. And that was after being touched on the first lap by his teammate and actually lost a couple spots. And then he drove back up there, helped obviously by the failure of, of Charles Leclerc. But yeah, I mean, 
I think I think Max was 38 seconds ahead of third place. And yeah, so, when when there's like 30 laps to go, and his engineer is like, "You need to like drive to a lap time," which was seven tenths slower than what he was doing, just right. to like maintain. He didn't do it. Like Max, don't care. No, he still was like, "All right, cool." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cool story. But like, he also wasn't being pushed, right? So like, you know, he had time in hand if you really wanted to go for it, which is so, absurd. Like the level is that they have. insane. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens uh, at the next race this weekend in Jeddah because it's a very different type of circuit. Everyone's talking about the difference in the asphalt, how you know Bahrain's super abrasive and tire deg's never been a strength of the Ferraris, blah, blah, blah. So maybe it'll be a little bit tipped the other way in Jeddah. But man, that kind of advantage, you can change the circuit up and maybe it's less. But I mean, I don't see the, the tables turning anytime soon. No, neither do I. On that note of Jeddah, like when does your... Gulfstream take off to get you there. <laughs> uh, I am not covering that race, but thank you for okay. asking. Uh, yeah. Uh, my first one will not be till Miami. Big F1 guy. Big F1. But I do have a column on F1.com F1. F1. now if uh, you want to yeah. check in at the end of each race. Or something? Hinch's Heroes. Hinch's Heroes. That's, yeah. I, I mean, dude, like all joking aside, like that's pretty cool, man. Like, <laughs> like that's a big deal. Thank you. Like that's to pretty neat. Be on F1.com. Like you're not on like racer. Like do it's we, F1.com. Do we need to like, put all joking aside? Can we make fun of him a little bit still? Yeah, no, you can still do a little bit. No, a hundred percent. Like, but I'm just saying in all seriousness, <laughs> I should say. Like that's I appreciate a, that. A I appreciate that. Job. Yeah, no, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. So uh we'll be watching this weekend. Um, I can't wait for your you just to like can you have some like completely obscure hero? Like, oh, for sure. Can you be like, oh, the hero of this weekend was Narain Kartikeyan? Well, he's not racing much anymore. I know. It'd be funny. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for like, I'm waiting for the, the race where, you know, some streaker goes out on the track again or something mm. like they did in Silverstone that one year. And, uh, and then that guy can be the, uh, can be the hero, but. Inches hero. Yeah. Inches heroes. Oh. Wednesdays after race weekends on F1. F1.com. Um, yeah. So what are your plans this weekend? Another off weekend for us, uh, in the IndyCar world, but we're building towards Texas. We're getting there slowly. You didn't test. So a lot of guys tested. We never talked about that. Uh, Barber, a bunch of dudes tested. You did not. Uh, oh, and he loves that track. And you love it. McLaughlin was quickest, <laughs> which is just bad for everybody. But, um, not great. Not great. It was, uh, <laughs> It was pretty, I'll tell you, he had two tenths on William Power. Who's pretty handy around Barber. Pretty, I mean, pretty decent just in general, like pumping out a lap. Yeah, very good Um, at that. He had five tenths on young Joseph Newgarden. Yep. Um, So, yeah, good for him. It's just great. (laughs) <laughs> swell <laughs> i will say yeah. uh, ray hall ray hall cars very bad 2.6 seconds off um but like uh my my shank cars also not particularly great but only 1.4 seconds off wasn't that's still, that's still dfl substantially better 
No, wait. I thought I thought I thought Lundgaard was okay. Wasn't he decent? Oh, I forgot he drove for them. Yeah, Lundgaard was only three cents off. <laughs> Who did you think Lundgaard drove for? Forgot. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was like third, know. wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he was third. Yeah, good yeah. for him. Yeah, never mind. We're all having a day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so I mean... Marcus crashed on lap two. Which Marcus? Erickson. Oh, I did not know that. That might be why he didn't reply to my text about how Barbara went. Whoops. <laughs> I hope that Probably. he knows that I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, that's unfortunate. Like, was his day done? Like, like big crash? No, he got out in the afternoon. Oh, okay. But um, his morning was done. Uh, speaking of Ray Hall, they had a, a different driver in the 30 car. Yuri Vips was subbing for Jack Harvey, who Yuri was not. Vipes. Who, was it Vipes? Vipes, Vips, whatever. That guy. Um because Jack uh, had to have a medical test done just as a result of being involved in an accident at St. Pete and did not, was not cleared. I don't know why I have no, I know nothing other than what was said on racer.com. He will be fine for Texas. The assumption is he'll be fine for Texas. It's still quite a ways away. I'm shocked it wasn't fine for, uh, for Barber, but we hope that he is okay and doing well. And Jack, uh, yeah, best best of luck in whatever recovery remains. Um, but yeah, because I know I, a couple other drivers had to get uh, a follow up clearance test done post St. Pete. Um, so IndyCar well, obviously did, taking did this stuff. stuff happen in St. Pete? A couple couple stuff Some happened. Smacks. <laughs> couple stuffs happened. Uh, so yeah. So all right. So that was Barber, um, which is going to be completely different conditions to what ends up being on the race weekend, which was always the tough part about race or testing at Barber. Uh, that track is very temperature sensitive, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah. So going into weekend, what's your, what's your weekend plans, Alejandro? No weekend plans. Um, no weekend plans. No weekend Watch plans. Watch NASCAR on Sunday. There it is. Well, is Coda this weekend? Maybe. I don't know. Probably one of those things we should know. Yeah. Do you think we do? Do you want to go back to Coda in IndyCar? Do you think we should go back? Um, do I think? Uh, I love the track. Um, it's cool. Like it's cool to be at that facility. Um, the turnout was really bad. So yeah, but we only had one year at it. I know. And now people in that part of the country like open wheel racing more than they did five That's years ago or whatever we were point. there. That's a great point. I would love to see it come back. Also, just because, yeah. like, maybe then one day we won't have to do the Indy GP twice. Yeah, good call. Because, yeah. I mean, F1 races there, NASCAR races there. It makes sense that we should also race there. It's like... Well, doing things that make sense is IndyCar's specialty. <laughs> I think I think we could take another crack at it, and I think it would go well because of that reason that I just mentioned. I'm going to not go back to Austin for a while. <laughs> Maybe you find a debit card. I don't think you're, you're not welcome back at Austin for yeah, a while. <laughs> I, I need some space. That's fair. Well, All right, guys. guys. Well, enjoy your off weekend, Alex. Uh, enjoy your recovery, Tim. I hope your debit card arrives. This is going to come out Thursday morning. So I think Thursday at 11 Central is when our, the panel that I'm on, South by Southwest, at, is on. I don't know if it is. Do they have stuff broadcast? Are they showing that stuff online? Probably not. No. 
not small stuff like us. Uh, well then, never mind. Never mind. Enjoy your off weekend. Enjoy Great watching fun. NASCAR. Enjoy Have watching. Have fun. Jetta. Uh, yeah, no, I'm gonna have a blast. I'm gonna have more fun than Tim. That almost the gym goes is great. Saying. The gym is a great time. I can't wait. Any recommendations at the gym? <laughs> uh, leg press. Leg press. <laughs> the the Jacob's ladder. All right, boys. All right. See y'all next week. This has been off track with Hinch and Rossi. Off Track is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network, and if you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. We're at Ask Off Track on Twitter and Instagram, and if you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi. If you want to follow Tim, though I have no idea why you would, he's at the Tim Durham on Twitter. Find us on YouTube and subscribe to our channel for exclusive video content. The music you heard on this episode is by Ryan Dan of Holland Patton Public Library. You can find him online at hollandpattonpubliclibrary.com. Off Track is produced by Tim Durham, and by that we mean fit. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.